With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Sims. Hey, welcome to the Sims and Lefko Podcast. I am Adam Lefko. And I am Sims. And you are? Josh. Josh. When I say this, you don't get to see this because this is a verbal an audio form, but Chris, man, snapping it up big time with the intro, I learned something. You have no rhythm. You were not snapping on There's the downbeats. There's no such rhythm as with that song. Nobody dances to that Ready? song. Ready? Play it again. You have to play the whole intro. Just give me the song, and I'll show you when you were supposed to clap. Ready? <laughs> That's rhythm. And you were going. I was giving it the fast ones. I was giving the shake. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, it's, it's that, that time. time. Turn up your speakers. All right. Josh is filming me, and I'm it's getting all uncomfortable. All right. You're getting uncomfortable. I, I never get uncomfortable. Exactly. Oh, what a week indeed. You're all over pro football talk. Deflategate is still going on. I'm just going to put this out there right away. I have officially gone over the apex. So, like, you have the up and then the down. Right. I am on my way down in terms of my interest in Deflategate. I'm with you. I, I looked at the TVs in the, in the kitchen today, and it was NFL Network, ESPN, and then, like, um, uh, NBC something. Right. All Deflategate. Right. At the same time, I'm like, there's NBA playoffs right now. There's there's so much combine stuff going on, and, and here we are talking about the flate gate. Um, first and foremost, let's address you. You're all over pro football talk talking about your brother is not getting a fair shake because of his last name. Yes. And what's interesting is I'm going to tell you probably what the public perception would be. Yeah, I didn't read Read it, or did oh, I I'm look just going to tell comments? you what yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you. What people would say sure. people would say actually, Chris, your last name is what provides you opportunities to get a chance. Yeah, I know because me being the number one recruit in the nation, that was it. It was my dad's name. That's why I didn't earn it. How much did that piss you off when you were at college or in the pros and people would say that to you? The pros, nobody would ever say that. Uh, but fans or oh reporters? yeah, sure. Fans, the people still to this day. Yes, it's just part of being with with a last name of a father who was success, uh, successful. Was there ever a time that it really ground, grounded your gears? Uh, no, it never grounded my gears. Honestly, it's something that's always motivated me. It really has really? since a little boy. Yeah, I really was always like, you know what? They want to see a Sims play a sport, then. I'm going to be the best one out there, and yeah. I really kind of took that to heart. What about so? What did you mean when you said this with Matt? Because you did this on the radio on Monday. Yeah, I did it on the radio yeah, on let's Monday. Give, can you give a little context for the interview, just so everyone knows what we're? I talking believe about. you went on the fan. I went on the fan in with New York Joe and Evan, right. right? 
And what did they ask you? Well, we went on the deflate gate. Then they asked about my bro- uh, they asked about Bryce Petty. Yes. And then I, you know, hey, listen, uh, I just threw my brother's name out there. Let's not forget about my brother. He's talented. Uh, he's done well in the preseason, and he's done well in mop-up duty when he's given a chance. Yeah, so you, his brother, Matt Sims, he's been on the, radio, the the podcast before. I think he was the second ever guest, I and think he was you're great. Right. He was. It was when Michael Vick was supposed to come on. Yes. And we yes. bumped Michael Vick for Matt Sims. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we perfect. Went the, we went to the third stringer. Um, and, and Matt has been on the Jets now. He's going into, I believe, his third year. Yes, right. And he has performed very well. He beat my Eagles in a preseason game with a last-second touchdown. Yes, right. He's had a lot of success, and he beat out Taj Boyd last year. Right. And they asked you about it and then what did you tell them on the radio show well i basically said uh listen i don't understand why my brother doesn't get a fair chance uh to i'm not even talking about starting quarterback why is there no market out there or anything for him to even be a backup quarterback either because uh, i truly believe first of all let me just talk about my brother as a prospect now listen he has not he didn't get to play a whole lot of college football he went to louisville petrino left he went to a junior college he went to tennessee with lane kiffin lane kiffin left his third day there wow so he's had he had a, a hard a hard way up, you know, uh, up the hill at least for success as college football. Tough road to hoe. Tough road to hoe. <laughs> and uh, we'll explain that joke later. We're going to need uh, to restart this. Really? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> okay. So then um, – uh, yeah, so I understand he doesn't have the experience, but the one thing I'll say about my brother, uh, he has top-tier NFL starting quarterback talent. Now, he does, he's does; he got big-time talent. There's not a pro that I know, uh, Hall of Fame to Hall of Shame, who's seen my brother in person throw the football. And I'm talking Joe Montana, who hasn't walked away and said, I've never seen anything like it. So, tell, tell me, uh, tell everybody, I guess, what Mike Vick said to him, I guess, as they were all going through. Can you tell that story? Yeah, well, of course, he was just like, man, Matt, you can throw it. Yeah, me and you, we can just really, we can let it go whenever. And Gino, Gino just can't let it go like you and I can. He was not trying to downplay no, no, Gino because no. Gino is a solid thrower of the football. I'm not going to say he's a top-tier yes. thrower of the football. But Michael Vick is a gifted thrower of the football. People when, don't realize that about him. His arm is special. And I think when he saw my brothers, and he was like, wow, his arm's right up there with me, I don't think Michael Vick had ever been with anybody that could say, you're challenging whether I have the strongest arm on the team or not. And that's why I was going to say, when Michael Vick says we in terms of arm strength, yes. that's like the ultimate stamp of validation. Yes. So, but the, the end of it all, basically, I, I said, listen, I think our last name hurts my brother's prospects of being a legitimate backup. He's earned the right to be a legitimate backup, second stringer. The, the stats he's put up in the past few preseasons, I'd put it up. He, he, you could put him up there with the play of any second or third stringer in football. But explain to me how the last name you think is negatively impacted. Yeah, well, I, I think, first of all, head, NFL head coaches, coaches in general, they're a little insecure. They're ultra conservative. They're very careful about who they have in their building because they don't want to anybody to know what their downfalls are right. or they're not detailed at this whatever else well my dad's the number one broadcaster for cbs uh nfl sunday football so that's one thing i look at and listen i the sims in general we can be a little outspoken i think you know that we're not afraid to share our thoughts and i think some people sometimes are scared of what uh we might know or find out if they brought my brother to the roster especially him only being a backup or a third stringer and you have always said that 
they don't like to bring in backup quarterbacks that could actually challenge the starting quarterback. To be a talented backup quarterback is almost like a kiss of death in the NFL. Because And, and what's crazy to me is, I'm just going to give you the fan perspective, get as many talented people as you can, and you're telling me that's not the case. No, well, and the, the good teams will do that, that, that are not worried about, oh, we're going to hurt the starting quarterback's feelings here. Uh, no, but yes, there's, there's some other teams, and of course some established quarterbacks. I'll even throw Peyton Manning out there. He's a guy that I truly believe... Through his whole career, he has made sure there's not a talented, physically talented backup quarterback behind him. But why? Because they just don't want to. They don't. They want to be the man, the guy within the organization. And if you go out there every day into practice and you go, man, I know, you know, I know, player A is the man. But man, our backup, holy cow, every day he just he puts our starter to shame with some of the throws and plays he makes. Teams don't like that. Coaches don't like that. They're framing their organization a lot of times around their starting quarterback. Who was the kid that was in New England and now he's at Houston? Um, Ryan Mallett. Right. He was a guy that you would say would show up Brady in practice sometimes. He, we would have a week where I, we, I'd go, Ryan Mallett, he might be the best player in football. I mean, so, he, unbelievable throws. He, he is literally crapping on Tom Brady every day in practice this week. Yeah. But then the next week he wouldn't be able to hit the right, side of right, right, you know, right. a building in New York City. So this is less – what you're saying is this is less about the fans and like the – uh, I guess media surrounding the team and more about the ego of the starting quarterback not wanting someone in the building. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's all. That's not 100 percent proof, but that's uh, that's part of it. But I do. Yes, I, I, there's no doubt about it. Yes, and you were also saying, I guess, what last name with coaches, just like the the allegiance, I guess, with the media is what you think it is. Yeah, I just think there's a little. I think. Uh, again, I think the top tier organizations, uh, teams like the Ravens, the Patriots, uh, they're not going to care about right. uh, any of that stuff. They're going to make the right moves that they need to do to get their team better. But I do think I could, and I'm not going to say them, but I do think there's coaches and lesser well-run organizations that, uh, yeah, might be a little scared of just dealing with, hey, he's just a backup quarterback. His name's Sims. We don't even want to just deal with it. Uh, we don't want to deal with any of it. That's what's so funny to me as you say that phrase is that phrase has been I feel like uttered so many times in the last two years in terms of Michael Sam you know what we just don't want to deal with it mm, yes Off Tim the field Tebow issues, we just don't want to deal with yeah, it yeah they Johnny don't we just don't want to deal with it yeah and and I don't understand NFL organizations that spend billions of dollars they make billions of dollars and if they're all competing and if they win a Super Bowl the, what, you, what you accomplished is so incredible that they would go, you know what, I don't want to deal with it. What do you mean? No, you have to deal with it because there's so much pressure on you. I don't get it. Exactly right, and that's, that's the joke too. And I think that's where you can see the consistently good organizations. They don't do the we're not going to deal with it. They say we're going to deal with it head on. Right. You know, the Green Bays, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Patriots do that all the time They do everything. They do. Uh, now, this is one subject right now as far as Deflategate. It's a little tricky. They're not hitting quite as head on. Did you hear how proud he was that he just transitioned into Deflategate? I wasn't proud of it, but it did go right. (laughs) I've I've been trying to get Chris to be able to transition himself that smoothly for like eight months. So that was just, that was gold. That was gold. That was gold. All right, Deflategate. Can we do that on a daily basis? That was was gorgeous. I, I am officially getting tired of it. But at the same time, as I get tired, more stuff keeps happening. Tom Brady officially appealing. And I love that he waited until the very last second. Yeah. Until 11.59. Okay, we, so. we were wrong. We thought it was 4 o'clock. It's not about the league office being closed. He had until 11.59 gotcha. tonight. Still waited this long, which is I was, weird. I, didn't, I wasn't sold. I lost 20 bucks. Yeah, you made a bet. I, I thought he would not appeal it because I think he's taking a 
he's taking a chance by going down this wormhole because it's just going to continue to have people pile on and research and try to find people that yes. know more crap about Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Just like we're seeing Carlos Dansby just coming out. He's basically saying the Patriots cheated in 2008 now. So uh, it's it's just going to keep snowballing. You know what? The Patriots treated, treated in 2004, too. That <laughs> Super Bowl should totally go to the team that lost it. I forgot who it was. <laughs> um, no, but it, it, that was interesting. The Patriots coming out with that whole thing about the deflator actually being about someone losing weight. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, I am a person who has been trying to lose weight for a long time, and never have I called myself the deflator or even thought, hey, that'd be a cool name. No, it's listen. This is I love Robert Kraft. I really do, and this is why I do love him because he is loyal to a fault here. I mean, he is going to back. Tommy Brady would never ever lie about deflating footballs. He looked me in my face and said, "Bob, I'm telling you, it wasn't me." Just like he looked at me right after he was drafted and said, "This is the best decision you've ever made." There's right. That's exactly what he's doing, and I, I really, I give him a lot of credit for doing that. Yes, this is his guy. This is his guy that's brought him to six Super Bowls. Now, I think he's guilty as hell. You know that. So he is guilty. As hell there's no think anymore if anybody thinks he's not guilty then you're living in a dream world uh but yes i guilty as hell but bob Kraft knows the guy took me to six super bowls we went to nine afc championship games he certainly brought the new england patriots to a whole nother level as far as notoriety the worth of the franchise and he's back in tom brady and i love that about yeah. uh, mr Kraft. i really do he's a great man belichick has been very quiet i don't think we're going to hear about bill Be- bill belichick is done defending tom brady what do you think he's doing during during all this, do you think he's watching it or reading it, or do you think he's no, I don't trying think, to relax? I think Bill's at the point now where he could care less. He could care less. He doesn't matter. Bill is on. I'm on to 2015. I'm on to I'm the on Cincinnati Bengals. That's yeah. it's all it's going to be. He doesn't care. And really, he's the kind of guy, too, that might relish this fact, like, you don't think we can win without Tom Brady, really? Uh, does now everybody remember we went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle? Yeah. Uh, he's the kind of guy, that coaching staff's the kind of guy, the kind of guys that – Yes, that will light a fire doubt under us, their butt. Please. Yeah, doubt us. Uh, but I do wonder how Bill feels about Tom right now because Bill is the kind of guy, too, that could go, man, he lied to me right to my face, and I wonder where the future of that relationship will go. There's a number of relationships that are currently being destroyed by Deflategate that are very interesting. We talked about this when it happened the first time when Brady had to do the press conference by himself after Belichick went up there. The deterioration of the Belichick-Brady relationship yeah. is obviously fascinating right. um, because – I'm sure Belichick would love nothing more than to win one without Brady. Just like the same thing with Kobe and Phil Jackson. It's the same thing. You, you want it to show that I'm not reliant on another yeah. person. And, and let me just say this before you finish it. In 2008, when Castle was the starting quarterback, I was on that Tennessee Titans team. We were the number one team in the AFC. Right. The one team we didn't want to play at the end of the year in that divisional playoff game, I can tell you, our coaches and our organization, we did not want to play New England. New England didn't get in the playoffs, if you remember, going 11-5. But our organization and team was scared of facing uh, that New England Patriots team, and that was without Tom Brady. Uh, Adam's having technical difficulties, so this will become the Sims podcast. Josh Fendrick is literally playing Operation right now. With- uh, uh, <laughs> but look, I mean, just, you know, listen, the Bob Costas interview, that press yeah, conference so, you're talking about. So what I- what I was talking about, the relationships. So other than Brady and Belichick, which I think is very interesting to watch, other than the fact that Bob Kraft and Goodell 
are now in a very interesting situation. We always joked, and everyone joked, that Bob Kraft was actually the commissioner of the NFL. Yes. He was so important with all the TV deals. He's been so important in terms of leading all the commissioner, all the other owners. Right. Um, that's a very interesting relationship to watch, especially because Goodell has been um, being examined very closely lately in the public consciousness. Yes. And he, and, but it's also the relationship between Bob Kraft and all the other owners now. Because... Our producer, Josh, huge Survivor fan, okay? Right. And I, I, I was thinking about it. Bob Kraft is kind of the guy that has been the guy leading the charge. He's the guy on Survivor that's like, we're all voting this person off, and then they do it. We're all voting this person off, and then they do it. Right. And guess what? That person eventually gets voted off. And that's what I'm kind of thinking with Bob Kraft, where he's been leading the owners, but hasn't been receiving any of the punishment, or he could say whatever he want about the NFL. And now, everyone's taking these veiled... Like, not saying who they are, shots at Bob Kraft. I'm glad the Patriots are getting it. And it's almost like it's an uprising. The There's fact no that doubt. you just tied Deflategate to Survivor is like nirvana for me over here. Like, <laughs> that is just amazing. But you're exactly right. I think that Roger Goodell is going to strengthen his relationship with the other 31 owners by what he has done. Yeah. Which he did the correct thing. Have we heard anybody affiliated with any NFL organization to this point come out and say, these were not... This was an unfair no. uh, report or suspensions or whatever else. No. And, and I have a lot of friends around the NFL. Most people think that Brady got off lucky, like I was just telling you before the podcast, it's, with only four. They wanted eight. They wanted a full game, a full mm, year. It's only people from New England. I Pretty mean, that's much. the reality. It's only Patriots fans that are reacting negatively to this. No doubt. And uh, from what I've seen. Yes. And, and it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, it really is. I mean, at the root of all of it, we always come back to the, our one saying, and I know I've been saying it. I said it on a Boston radio station today. What innocent man would want to go through what Tom Brady's going through right now? Just print out those text messages from JJ, John, John Yastrzemski. Print out the emails. They don't even want your phone, Tom Brady. Yeah. They just want your conversation text-wise through with JJ, John Yastrzemski. I, I call him JJ because that's what we call him up in yeah. New England. Uh, but he's not going to do that. Of course not. And that's the guilt in itself right there. I always equate it to if you've ever seen uh, a guy, a girl confront a guy about cheating on her. Right. And, and you know instantly whether or not someone's guilty. Yes. If they, you're cheating on me. No, I'm not. And that you can take my phone, you can look at everything, you could talk to every, you could talk to her right. if you want. I don't care. I'm actually offended that you're accusing yeah, me of that. Right. And then the cheater goes, "Who told you that? Yeah. Who who said that to you? What, Where did what, you hear I, that? I don't do it. Don't, what, what? Well, you I know what? Well, you know what? You're you're being ridiculous. Right. What? Why are you getting so defensive? Right. And that's what the Patriots' responses sound like to me. The Wells report didn't even make sense. It took too long to come out. Just focus on what it says. Who cares when it came out? And. What, what do they think? That Wells wanted to bust the Patriots? Do they think the NFL wanted this to happen? Do you think the NFL... No, the NFL wanted the Seahawks to win, so they could not even care about or, this Do you stuff. think the Yeah, exactly. Do you think the NFL wanted their premier franchise in the last 15 years in this league to be tainted as the cheaters? Mm. I mean, of course not. That hurts the NFL in general. So that's the other thing that drives me crazy. Everybody thinks, oh, the Wells and the NFL, they were in to get the Patriots. Are you crazy? The Patriots have been driving the NFL. We want the Boston market if you're the NFL. They want everything. Yes, they're polarizing figures. 
nobody in the NFL wanted this. This is bad press for the NFL. You said something in the kitchen earlier that really stuck out to me when you mentioned Roger Clemens. Yes. And, and, and I had not heard you say that before. Yeah, I just said, listen, I, I viewed the Tom Brady situation. He cheated. I look at it as PEDs. Uh, I look at it as selfish because he basically took the integrity of the game and said, I don't really care about the history of football, all the great quarterbacks that played before me. I'm going to make the footballs the way I want to. I'm Tom Brady. That's what it looks like to me. And, yes, I said that to be to drive home the point of uh, I, I used to be around Roger Clemens a lot. He went to Texas. He would come to the sidelines of our football games. Uh, I would see him up here in New York from time to time. And I was his biggest fan and thought he was one of the greatest pitchers of all time. But when I found out he did PEDs, sorry. I'm, uh, you're off my list, that's for sure. And Tom Brady will never be considered one of the three greatest quarterbacks and you used to say that all the time. You would say he's one of the three greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yes. You're officially taking him off. He is off for me, yes. I, I just don't play that game. I don't look at it. I, and, and it, Yeah, it bothers me. Let me ask you. You're, let's say you take a trip to Boston. Right. And you're, you're walking around. You sit down at a really nice restaurant. It's you and your wife, and you look over, and guess who it is? It is Tom and Giselle in a little room, and he looks over, and he calls you over, and he starts talking. <laughs> Would you bring this up, and what would you say to him? I wouldn't bring it up. Uh, I, I doubt he would. If bring he looked, me at, over if at he this looked way. at you and you talked for twenty minutes and you felt like you were in a comfortable position, and he looked over and he says, "Man, you've been hard on me, man. Like you really, you really wouldn't put me in the top three anymore." What would you say to him? Yeah, I would say, Tom, I'm I'm really sorry, man. But yeah, I got an issue with what you did, and and I said this on the Boston Radio today too. I like Tom Brady the person a whole lot. He's great a guy. Great guy. He's very humble in a lot of ways. Uh, he's a genuinely nice person. Tom Brady, the corporation, TB12, like you see they put the hat on, yeah. that's who took the air out of the football. And that's, that's, that's my view of it So you, separ- you separate that into two separate people? Because yeah, I'm hearing you basically rip Brady and say you've taken him out of the top three, but then you're defending him yeah. as a person, and I understand that. Yes. But isn't someone that would do something like that – isn't that who he is as a person? It, 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 and I don't know, no, but I'm asking you. I know. It, that's, I do struggle with that totally. I don't know either, yes. Because uh, my, my follow-up was going to be, how many guys have you seen who truly have that split personality? There's a few. There, there's certainly a few. And I, and I think with quarterbacks in the NFL right now, I think it's more common than ever. I think with, with high-level uh, athletes in general, it's more common now than ever because it's all about branding and your logo and all those things. So, yes, I do RG3 think... RG3 is like the perfect example. Exactly right. It's, it's RG3 Incorporation. And, and, yes, somewhere uh, between that 2007 season and now, Tom Brady became, oh, I'm not the first guy at the facility. I'm not there every day in the offseason. I'm going to go back to California and hang out and do the things I want in the offseason. And I'm going to make a lot of appearances. And I'm going to be at the Met Gala. And I'm going to do all these different things. And that's where, listen, a part of them has to do that because, of course, to rake in the money, uh, to maybe block some of the crazy stuff that goes on in your and life. because there's also part of me high that's going to dude, if I just won the Super Bowl, I could do whatever the heck I want. I, I, I can go to any parties I want. I'm 37 years old. I'm Tom Brady. Yeah. I hustled hard. I am one of the best quarterbacks of time. I will be a Hall of Famer. I do have all those Super Bowl rings. And quite frankly, 
I, I, my, my question is, is I understand what you're saying. If you're driven by greatness, you put in the hours and it doesn't stop. But when does a grown man, a grown-ass man, get to go, you know what? I got a fucking family, and I want to go out, and I want to do what I want, and I'll, I'll work out when I got to work yeah, out. Yeah, I don't have an issue with that. I don't. But then I don't want to hear him talking about, oh, I want control. I want to be talked about in the conversation with roster control. Tom, you got to be there in the offseason to see the players I to know what you need for the I, roster control. I understand that. I understand so, that. You know, Tom was always voted as one of the hardest workers on the team. He hasn't been voted that for a long time now it's been a while it's been a long time uh, yeah. uh but uh yes he's done a lot of great things and like i said yeah i do f- struggle with that producer josh because i go i've seen him be so good and so nice to people off the field i have friends i, I think i've told you guys from new jersey who are a little older than me in my hometown of franklin lakes who became friends with Tom Brady. They're like kind of part of his little circle of friends. <laughs> I'm sure they don't like me much right now either because they've, they've heard me talking around here. But, yes, I do struggle with that because I see the goodness in the person. Uh, but I also saw some of the insecurities and in throwing the football and things like that in person as well. Yeah. And that's why I almost say, like, it's almost two different people. Yeah, that's what we talked about last week, man, insecurities. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's, it's one thing if you if you want to separate an athlete that is, like, particularly intense on the field or, like, treats people differently on the field in the heat of battle, in the heat of a game. Right. But you're talking about habitual cheating here in games that truly mattered. Yeah. And like you said, you go back to every cold weather game that they played. Like, how, how do you know? Well, you're right. I, I do. I will question everything on the field with Tom Brady a little bit. And, and I also one- think like, I also think like, you know, I, I don't, obviously with even with his selfishness of taking the errors out, air out of the football, I don't know. You guys tell me, what is a pound and a half of pressure if a ball's being thrown at you 60 miles per hour and you took a pound and a half pressure out of the ball? How much easier is it to catch? I don't know. I would like to see that science fiction, whatever thing, sports science, uh, that. Or or how much force does it take to make a a ball carrier fumble the football? Mm. Uh, That's another thing. And then the other thing I'll say, I don't know if I said this last week on the podcast, Everyone's so obsessed with the McNally in the bathroom thing. Like they think he took the the air out of the balls. Then he could have done it on the sidelines. Did we say this last week? I don't no, know. I don't no. want to. Repeat. You, there's nobody watching these footballs once they go to the sideline. It's not like an NFL security dogs watching them up and down. Like oh, they touched them. No. It, it, what happens is you could have a needle in your hand as a ball boy. You say, okay, here's uh, the second series of the game. We're going to take these three footballs. I'm going to put these in the game here. <laughs> Just as you're sitting there, nobody would ever know. There's nobody, no NFL person. How strict do you think it's going to get right now? I think it's going to get pretty strict. Yeah, are those balls are going to be under like lock and key. They are. I, th- I think they're going to have a guy at every stadium now. How is that going to change, like the the roughing up of the footballs? Yeah, and, I know because that is kind of a tradition that's been accepted. Yeah, well, that Brady and Peyton Manning got that changed. You know, early in my career, you they broke you broke them out of the box. And you had like two days to rub them up and get them ready for the game. And yeah. that, that was it. And that was tough. It really was. Uh, yeah. And uh, now I do wonder where that's going to go, what the new regulations are going to be for footballs. It's, it's going to change. It is a very evolving process in terms of relationships, rules, regulations, and all that. And one person who I know has never had to doctor his balls, Matt Miller, NFL draft scout, lead draft analyst and NFL analyst for Bleach Report. Matt, it's great to have you on, brother. <laughs> Yeah, finally. You know, I, I think if my last name wasn't Miller, I probably would have been on here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You, you can't shoot fucking shots across the bow with me. This is my podcast. <laughs> I love you, buddy. I, I know you do. No, and I deserve it. That was a good one. I like that. <laughs> Miller, uh, have you had a chance to decompress after the NFL draft, which you worked so tirelessly for all year? 
Uh, there's not really a decompression period uh, for my job, you know. I mean, it, it's tough. Um, I try to, to structure my, my year like an NFL team would, and so I'm already, you know, to quote Mr. Belichick, on to 2016. Because right. when you're a one-man show, you've got to you really have to work around the clock to, to stay up on all the kids. So um, for the month of May, I, I try to, to stay, you know, in a, a rhythm and, and go ahead and look at next year and then, I'll take some time off in June, a little bit of time off in July, and then everything starts back in August. So it's it's a, a labor of love, but but no, I have not taken any time off at all. So yeah, I that I mean, it's your job is not easy. Holy cow, it's a lot of players every year, and you're right. There's no off season for you. It's right on to 2016, and the next top 350 of Matt oh Miller. Oh my gosh. Yeah, where do you kind of start there as far as when you get back into, let me start looking at football players. Do you just go back to, like, you know, the rumored top guys? Do you start there and just say, all right, let me stop, start at the rumored top guys for next year's draft, and you just start to evaluate them and you just chip away from there? How do you go about it? No, that's exactly it. So during the, during the season, you know, we always have those juniors that, that you hear might come out, guys like Ronnie Stanley from Notre Dame or DeForest Buckner from Oregon. So during the season, I just keep a, a database, and those guys are, are in there from day one because they're they are top tier players at those positions. Right. So I, I have a, a feel for who I should look at already. But I think that's when it's really important to have some good contacts in the NFL too, because you can reach out to guys and be like, hey, you know, let's say you scout the Southwest. Right. Who are the guys that, that you're looking at next year over the summer? And a lot of times, you know, that's not not you know inside information that, that teams won't share with you. So it's nice to kind of cross-check and see. But, um, you know, also there's so much hype now with guys that, you know, we know who Joey Bosa is already. We know who Christian Hackenberg is. So yeah. it's, it's easy to start at the top. I think it's harder when you get past, like, the top 50 guys, when you start going through depth charts and right. looking at, you know, who's going to be a senior, who's going to be a senior starter especially, and then just start grinding on the tape from there. Uh, What's crazy to me is um, the the evaluation job is so subjective, and we see it all the time in NFL buildings where people start arguing against each other. I think he is this, and I don't think he can do that. Miller, how do you bounce off ideas? Who do you use, or or what do you use to kind of go, let me see, because this is what I think. Who who do you bounce it off? Because I know, look, you're handling a lot of it by yourself. Yeah, it it does get harder, especially as, you know, as Bleacher Report grows, I think there are a lot more people fighting for my job than there used to be. So my circle of people uh, outside the NFL is a lot smaller. You know, I mean, Sims and I talk a lot about players. I talk to Matt Bowen a lot about guys. Um, so I try to, to bounce it off guys who, you know, a lot of times have the playing experience that I don't have because I, I think they look at players a little differently. So those are, are definitely, you know, two of the guys I trust. But, um, you know, I really like Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. Like, yeah. I think – I think he is the best draft analyst in the world right now. Like, if if someone let me start a network tomorrow, I would hire him over me to be the draft guy. I mean, give me give me so your good. mock draft. Give me your mock draft of draft experts <laughs> from one move oh, down. Would, I'm with you, Miller. Though I I think Jeremiah's he he is he's uh, he's one of the guys that's certainly on top of his game. Yeah, I would take DJ first. I would take Mel second, just because like you know what you're getting there, and he he brings a lot of eyes by himself, like. Mel Kuyper has a mock draft, and it's all anyone talks about for a week. Yeah. So he, he's the godfather there. Um, I would probably take McShay third. Um, Mayock, like, I respect Mayock. I feel like he's slipping a little bit. Uh, of, I do. I agree with you. I think he had a rough year. I did not agree with Mayock's yeah. uh, rankings and things this year. And I don't watch a ton of, like, draft TV because 
when you live it, you don't want to watch it. But right. I always feel like he's like screaming at me and telling me how wrong I am <laughs> watching TV. So, um, so he's fallen down my rankings a little bit. But uh, I like Bucky Brooks from NFL Network too. They don't feature him as much, but he is a really smart guy, and he has that playing scouting experience that, that adds to it. So yeah, he would. That's my top five. And then what do you think of Sims as a draft evaluator? Just if you were to give the Matt Miller draft breakdown of Sims, what would it be? Uh, hard worker. My gosh, what a, a tireless work ethic. He's a grinder. Um, you know, I, I think that he's, he's figuring it out, too, in year two. Like, you know, because there's a difference between being able to just watch film and be like, oh, this guy's good, and figuring out how to package that for right. the casual fan, which is what we have to do, you know, like, we we could sit here and talk about scouting buzzwords all day, but no one knew what we were talking about. So I think I think Sims is figuring that out. That you know our job is to to educate and inform the the casual fan, not so much the football diehard at times. So, so you're saying right uh, now he, Sims is kind of like the Henry Anderson of drafts. <laughs> He's the Teddy Bridgewater. Of oh, Un- I should have known he was going to go there. Underappreciated, but really damn good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Yes. Miller, Miller, is your is your man crush for Bridgewater still at like an all-time high? Dude, I was at the mall Saturday killing some time, and they had Bridgewater T-shirts, like you know the purple like Viking shirt with the five on the back. And if they had had one of my size, I would own one right now. Like I was asking the lady, like, "Do you have any more of these in back? Like, could I get one?" And so, no, my my man crush is big. I'm going to San Francisco for week one to watch Bridgewater take on my Niners. So wow! I think my wife was concerned. To be that, honest, that's amazing. That'll be fun. Um, as you look at the draft, we did a little bit of a draft recap last week, but I'm curious, was there one pick now that you've had time to digest it that you're like, wow, that was a great pick, and is there one that you look at and go, I still can't believe that happened? I still can't believe Leonard Williams fell through the jet. Like, that one blows my mind. It's funny because the week before the draft, I wrote my article that, like, you know, teams stack their board, best player available, but it's like best player available at a position of need, so... Like, and I, this is the example I gave. So the Jets aren't going to draft Leonard Williams when you already have Sheldon Richardson and Mahalo Wilkerson. <laughs> yeah. And then they did it. So it's like, I, I can't believe that would happen. Um, my favorite pick, gosh, it might be Vic Beasley to the Falcons because, like, you, you guys know we're on that desk and you have to make every decision in like 30 seconds. Like, do you love this pick or do you hate it? What does it mean? So once you, like, get home and can kind of separate yourself from the excitement, Vic Beasley to Atlanta just makes so much sense because of their scheme, what he does well. Um, So that's the pick that maybe I wasn't excited enough about when it happened on Thursday night, but now just – it looks like a home run to me. Well, what about uh, – and, and I do like that Vic Beasley pick, too. I, I got to give Miller some credit, too. Where One thing where he and I disagreed on completely was Shaq Thompson. Uh, oh, my gosh. And Miller was right. That mother went in the first round, <laughs> and I didn't think he would. I was a little surprised, though. Uh, and, and listen, it's hard for me to argue against Dave Gettleman, the GM down there in Carolina. The guy's got a pretty darn good history. Yeah. Uh, but I want to go into next year a little bit. Like, just give me – I know, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, of course, Hackenberg, Cook uh, up at Michigan State, they're the top two quarterbacks. Who's kind of the rumored as, like, maybe the top – another quarterback or maybe the other top – Two receivers. Just give me some names. I'd like to know just for my own knowledge. Well, at quarterback, I mean, we, we have to pay attention to Cardell Jones. Oh, that's if, right. If he wins the job, 
he's only started three games, but my God, he looks good. So he's someone that to keep an eye on. He was Very phenomenal in the spring game too. I watched it, and I yeah. the guy has gotten better from the national championship game than now. Wow. I, I actually think he has a chance to be a first round quarterback next year. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm with you all the way because he. You you talk a lot about elite talent. Like his arm strength is an elite talent, yes. like hands down, and he's huge. And so they throw I the ball down the field play. too. Oh yeah, and he and he can move. It's it's unreal. So right. he's up there. Uh, Jared Goff from Cal. Um, he's kind of skinny. He's like six four, right around two hundred pounds. So we'll see if he can bulk up a little bit. Right. But, uh, I do like him at receiver. It's going to be a good year. Again, um, Laquan Treadwell from Ole Miss. Oh, he had that really he bad so ankle awesome. break last year. Yes, right. Oh, my God, he's so good. He, he is. looks like Josh Gordon without the off-field. <laughs> he's, right. He's talented. Uh, Tyler Boyd from Pitt. Uh, David Robinson's son, Corey, plays at Notre Dame. Uh, and Notre Dame is absolutely loaded next year. Uh, Corey Robinson. Uh, they've got Will Fuller. Uh, they've got Chris Brown, who is just a speedster. So, Notre Dame next year. Um, if, if you guys can, can open up that Bleacher Report budget, we'll all go to a Notre Dame game because they're going to have like four or five first-rounders. Man, that's that's good to hear for Notre Dame, but that's not good for my Texas Longhorns in week one. Jeez. <laughs> no, we're going to get smoked week one, Chris. Ah. Just, just accept it now. It's going to be bad. I know, but it's yeah, right. that's they the one thing. Their quarterback. That's the one thing I'll say about Notre Dame, though. He's he's done a very good job recruiting. It's not easy to recruit at Notre Dame. People think it's easy just because it's Notre Dame. No, yeah. they have to have they have guidelines at Notre Dame. They don't just let you like, oh yeah, you're breathing. Oh, you're admitted into the school. Uh, you have to actually have good grades, pass tests, and do things like that. Uh, and I'm not trying to defame other schools or whatever. Texas certainly was no choir boy school either. <laughs> but uh, man, did they get a lot of men there? I turn on that film even this year when I'm evaluating Stanford and USC, and I just go, I'm going to put the Notre Dame game. On. I know they're going to have a lot of good defensive linemen yeah. and offensive linemen on the field. Who's that linebacker on Notre Dame, Miller? Jalen Smith. Holy Jalen cow. Smith. A beast. Miller, yeah, you get nine. one curse word if you want to curse, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's really fucking good. Yeah, really <laughs> <laughs> um, And then I think uh, defensively, I know Joey Bosa is going to be big next year. Robert Kimdichi down at Ole Miss. Mm. Let me ask you, is there a guy that will not be eligible for the draft next year that could be a first-round pick if he were, like a really young guy? Really young guy. There's not anyone that's like on my radar right now. Um, you know, the running backs in college are pretty amazing, though. So if you want to go real deep, I think a lot of people would say Leonard Fournette from, right. from LSU would be that guy who, you know, we always talk, oh, he's the next Adrian Peterson. This kid actually might be, you know, the next Todd Gurley or, or yes. something. He's, he's pretty special. So he's probably the the one guy who, like Chris is saying, sometimes you're watching film and you, you try to watch, you know, because you want to watch uh, a linebacker from Alabama and all you end up doing is watching a freshman running back. So it, it kind of kind of bothers you a little bit. But yeah. Nick Chubb from Georgia is good, too. Oh. Um, so oh. be. Right, two young running backs who are pretty special. Yeah, they, you're right, and that the Fournette kid for LSU, he's going to be my pick to win the Heisman. And you're right, he's the one guy I look at and go, man, the NFL should change the rule for guys like him because he's already a full grown man. He and looks so yeah. much bigger I, than everybody. He's else. running over SEC linebackers like their kids, and he's the grown man. Do you see uh, Henry from Alabama Miller being a guy that could be a first round running back because he's so physically gifted? But I also I don't see him playing an entire game. Derrick Henry, he's so physically imposing. Right. Yeah, no, he's amazing. He's like, you know, 6'3", 241 pounds, and he runs away from people. So if if that trend of first-round running backs is going to continue, he could be that guy. I mean, he looks like Eddie George out there. So uh, I do think he could be a first-round running back. 
like you said, I mean, he's not, he's probably not going to get a ton of touches to ever be that like 40 carry a game right. guy. Cause I like that other kid they got there too. What's his name? Right. Drake. Yeah. I like him too. Yeah. Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. Awesome. Miller, you are the man, brother. What else, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because, look, we did hamstringing for a few weeks, and we apologize. Anything else you need to get off your chest before you go? You got the green light, man. Do whatever it is. Even if you want to just like talk crap about Lefko, I'll join in with you. We can do it. The only thing I know about right now is, like, Royals baseball and the draft. And I know you guys don't want to talk Royals baseball. So, <laughs> I understand. Hey, Miller, what was your favorite moment of draft weekend at Bleacher Report? Oh, man. I don't know. Probably the after party, to be honest. Watching Pacquiao Mayweather and then hitting the streets with Felder and Lefkoe. Yeah, Fendrick, um, Fendrick wants you to talk about Joe Cardona is what he wants you to talk about. That's all I was fishing oh, Joe for. Joe Cardona. Joe Cardonia or Joe Cardona? Cardona. No N-Y-A in oh, his last God. name. Sims wasn't there for that. You yeah. had a – that was like everyone has one meltdown during the draft where you're just like – Everybody needs to leave me alone right now. That was your moment, so cool. Yeah, you know what? We're going to transition. Miller, it was great to talk to you. I'm going to tell that story now, and then I have to tell it. It's a good one. Miller, I love you. Thanks for coming on, brother. See you, Miller. You bet, guys. Thanks. Be good. All right, so in the, you don't have to tell the story. Like no, that. I'm going to tell the story. I don't even know the story. You know the story. All right, so later rounds of the draft, it was probably fifth or sixth round. The Patriots take long snapper out of Navy or Army. Navy. Navy. Joe Cardona. Joe Cardona is a long snapper. And it was like, what? And Miller's like, I know this guy. So we're we're doing the video because at Bleach Report, we do the video for every pick. And we do the pick the first time. And I said, Joe Cardona instead of Cardona. And and, and Fendrick kind of stopped me. He was like, hey, we got to do it again. It's Cardona, not Cardona. And I, I didn't say anything. I said, okay. And we've probably now been on set for, I don't know. 12 hours, yeah, 12 two hours, days, something insane. like that. Some, some insane number. And uh, we do it again, and apparently in the second time, I said Cardonia again. And I, I'm telling you. Like he had put an Enye, like a Spanish. Yeah, yes. like speaking now, now, you but. know there are some times where someone will say that you say something, and in your head you're going, I purposely did not say that, and yet it still came out wrong. Yes. That's what happened. Right. I, I swore to God that I said Cardona. <laughs> So apparently this happens, and I start seeing Connor and and Quirk in front of me, who are or two of our producers. Two here. of our producers here kind of look at each other like they heard it. Well, it eventually gets to a point where there's an email that comes in from Quality Control, who checks all of our videos, in which they said, "Hey, Adam, I believe used the Spanish version, which is." The Enya is what they should Cardonia. have said. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of Cardona, we're going to need to redo this video again. Well. I think Connor heard this was like, I'm not saying anything. Quirk's like, I'm not saying anything. Fendrick gets over the loudspeaker and goes, hey, uh, Adam, we're going to need you to redo uh, Cardona. You said Cardonia. And we have so many picks coming in. And here I am in my head. I'm going, you want me to redo it? I didn't say it wrong because I still believe that at the time. And it's a Patriots fifth-round pick for a long snapper. Yes. And I said, I'm not redoing that video. I said, I said, if this was live TV and I said Cardonia, then we keep moving along. Right. We keep moving along. And now I bust Adam's balls. Probably like, I would say, twice a week since the draft. I'll bring it up. But I'm not, I'm not finished. Oh, you're still going. Okay. Oh, I'm going to tell the whole story. Oh, you're uh, going all I'll in. I'll tell okay, the whole story. I'm, yeah, it. I'm going to put well, myself I have not there. heard the story. So Fendrick comes back and goes, no, you have to redo the video. I said, Fendrick, I'm not redoing the video. And Fendrick goes, no, no, no. You, you have to redo the video. Like, we have to. It doesn't work. You said the person's name wrong. And I said, Josh, you can start that video and I'm not going to talk. So you're just going to waste time. We have Carolina's pick next. We have Philadelphia's pick next. Dallas picks next. I- I'm not going to go. He then goes, Adam, you got to go. 
And I, I responded with, and at this time, Miller is looking straight down because he's, like, embarrassed. And Quirk <laughs> and Connor are looking straight down. And I said, Josh, you have a better chance of me getting on this desk and taking a shit than redoing this video. And Fendrick went, okay, Carolina's up. And we moved on. And, I, and, at the, and then I immediately went, I can't believe I just fucking said that shit. So I get on the speaker, uh, we start talking, and then we laughed about it the whole time afterwards. I sent him a picture the next day of Joe Cardonia. I did it right there. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, of course you didn't say it wrong. Let's I, go. Sa- I sent him a picture of Joe Cardona and said, sorry, I snapped because he's a snapper. Oh, he's not, yeah, yeah, right, right. But it was, it was one of those moments where if it was, if it was anyone other than, than Josh, I probably wouldn't have done that. But Josh, we, we've done so many. You guys so many- have this, like, I, I don't even know what to call this relation. It's like you're two moms that can bicker at each other. <laughs> Two Jewish moms who bicker uh, that's, at each yeah, other. That's, that's what it comes down and to. And it goes like, and you guys, but you can bicker and really legitimately be mad at each other for like two or three minutes, but you can get over it just like because that. Because it's productive anger. Yeah, I because, productive because anger. the only time that I will ever get into an argument with Josh is if I believe a You're point. You're truly passionate if about If I truly yeah. believe something. And then I know afterwards I go, okay, well, it's work, and those are ideas at work. And I always say this to young people. Right. Well, you who are, are you calling young people? Well, no, not people. you, Josh. Oh, okay. Dude, you have the. You're, you're like soul. three going on sixty-two. Yeah, you're like going to retire next year. And my mother hen. Uh, oh, hey. Excuse me. Um, I always say this to young people: you are not your ideas. Just because you have an idea and you pitch it, and I know you really cared about it. It's so. Then oh. for up oh, back to the Sims podcast. You plug that in, you got yeah, I like this. Yeah, you're still cut out. This is great. I love when Adam's big mouth doesn't work and I get to I talk. was saying something really inspirational there, too. Yeah. I was saying, young people, you are not married to your ideas. Right. If, if you go to your boss and go, hey, I had this idea for something, and they say, you know what, we don't like that. They're not saying they don't like you. It's just your idea. Yeah, don't take it so personal. And my thing is, is I only want to work at a place where ideas can free flow. And we can bounce them off. Yes. If I worked at a media company where they were like, listen, no, like you're not allowed to come up with ideas, I'd be like, what? Like That's the cool thing I think about Bleach Report is everyone can throw things out there. And the lowest level person, I mean, I, I have a feeling that if the janitor came in here and said, hey, well, what if you did it like this? And I went, that's yeah, not people a bad would idea. think about it, right? We, we would think about it. Right. So that's that's the thing with ideas. It's it's more than anything. Just just put it out there, and me and Josh can get a. Oh, oh there, there will be times where I will snap at Josh, and then we'll come out afterwards, and I'll go, "I see what you were saying," but and they'll talk about it. And go, okay, cool. Want to get lunch? Okay, we're gonna get lunch. It's hilarious. It really, I get a, quite a kick out of it because you're some tough diva. Let me just tell you at times, <laughs> and you're some tough mother hen. So it's it's a funny clash. Well, what I like though is when Sims turns into a diva. And he just doesn't. Oh, it's great. <laughs> what, Sim- do, what do I do when I'm a diva? <sighs> I mean, look, if they want me to come up with ideas, just tell me before. Just tell me before. And I'll come up with the ideas. But j- they just. <laughs> <laughs> and then mic drop and he walks out. As you slam the microphone on the desk that hasn't been working for the entire yeah, podcast, that's productive. Maybe it'll that's work. Good. All right. That's so good. you tease him with a little bit of music because guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's Nelly McNellerton. And he is not back up. Nope. 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 I am not. I'm he is like he is like here, so he I is think. like a broken external hard drive. No mm. backing up. I love mm. when Steven Nelson goes to visit his girlfriend. I do too. She's yeah. great. Co- shout out to Corey. Woo woo. Shout out to Corey. Uh, okay. yep. We threw yeah, you off. Yeah, there it is. It's, he's dreaming about it now. <laughs> Shut up, <Sam. laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. caught 91 passes for 
more than 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns as a rookie. That despite missing four games. And now he beats out Rob Gronkowski with the opportunity to grace the cover of Mad Wow 2016. You didn't know this? I, I did not know it. If you were to be the cover boy for any publication oh my God. or product, what would it be? Uh, well, first one that comes to my mind is an obvious podcast one, Oreos. I've been asking for damn Oreos to sponsor us for a long time now, so that's <laughs> one I would like. Josh, so, I think so, you need to take a picture of Sims in the face or pose he would be giving to grace the cover of Oreo, and this shall be tweeted to the masses. <laughs> He is literally has. No, I would be like this. He's dunking. He's dunking an Oreo right now. <laughs> this is fantastic. You have said you wish you were the face of Oreos for a very long I, time. I really did. I promise you it was from when I was a little kid. I would say, um, I, I think what's really interesting before we uh, like to give mine, Odell Beckham Jr., there, I've never seen one person have one play completely. I mean, that will identify him for the rest of his career. Yeah, it will. And it happened so early on that even if he were to get hurt next year and never play again, yeah, but he still had that moment. That moment, in a time in which moments are thrown out because everything is temporary in social media, I've never seen one play last this long for anybody. If I were to be on the cover of everything, I would probably do GQ just because I feel like once you've made it on there, and let's say you're styling out, like everyone <laughs> thinks you're a badass motherfucker. Oh, my gosh. You on GQ. Yeah, what? With, this, with the hoodie. With Woody's Bleacher Report sweater you're wearing I'm right posing. now? I'm posing. I'm posing. Hold on, hold on. Oh, Go ahead, please. Oh, good. <laughs> I can't do it for long. You gotta, you gotta stitch those. Two I just together. think when you just... wear your North Face black zip up, is that what you do? First GQ, of all, first of all, of you know, year. you know damn well, you know damn well that they would dress you up, yes. and they would put all those things on you. I'm talking about the effects afterwards. I know. I feel like if you're on your GQ, you're balling. Nelson, have you thought of? Have you thought of one? What, mm. what you would be? What you be on? Madden's a great I, one. You know what? I never. I, I, I've said this before. I never think of answering these questions. Men's health too, but these are all things that I can't be on currently. So that's probably why I want to be on them. Do they? Are they still voting for the Madden cover? No, like, I think it's, the, done. it's done. No, but I mean, do like is that how they're still picking it? People are voting. You're bleeding. Oh, my cold sore broke open. <laughs> um, I got a little amped up. <laughs> you got Oreos. That's what happens Oreos. when you don't have a spleen. That's amazing. Cold sores more. Um, okay, but nonetheless, um, yeah, it's, look at Stephen Sace looking at me right now. Man. This is like, off the rails. That's like what people were looking at me when I did lose my spleen in the huddle. They were like, dude, he doesn't look right. <laughs> um, uh, but I just look over there's like blood down your I don't chin. even freaking care. Yeah, right. But uh, where was I going with that? I really lost. Oh, they're still voting for Gronk and Odell? No, Odell I, think I think it's done. No, but that's how they picked the cover. I'm yeah, saying. still voting. I'm shocked that o- Odell Beckham Jr. stopped the masses of Gronk. I mean, I just thought he would win between New England and yeah. being Gronk. But yeah. I guess LSU Nation and New mm. York City is pretty strong. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I guess maybe – I think what's interesting, though, is Madden, if we're going to get into some football video games really quick, lately what they've done is whoever their cover boy is, they do something new in the game about it. Like when it was a quarterback one year, it was like Vic, they did like the vision cone. Last year it was Sherman, so they made the defenses really good. When Peyton Hillis got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. That was really bad. Yeah. But Odell Beckham Jr., they're probably going to put some new catching, like manual catching thing in the game. Do you still play? I mean, you were a big Madden player. I, I was, and I was a baller. I'd whoop anybody in this office. I would Madden, knock but, your ass out. But, no, I, it's been a long time. It's been since I 
before I started coaching with the New England Patriots, I, I got annoyed with it, honestly, when my little girl started to get to the age where she like knew I was playing video games. She'd want to grab the controller. Then my little boy came around. He was like, what are you doing? I want to play this. And I was just like, all right, that's it. I give up. I can't sit here in peace and quiet. I'm losing to a 14-year-old on Xbox Live because my little girl keeps bringing, gr- grabbing my damn controller. <laughs> but I had a great record on Xbox Live. Great. I figured it out. I would be the face of Sembe, which is, as you white people know it, oriental snacks that you buy at gas stations. I still don't know <laughs> it. There's no face on that product, so I feel like there's, there's nothing, you can't relate to it because they see it and it's like, oh, there's that oriental snack. It's so There's that foreign. happy oriental guy eating it, those yeah. oriental snacks. That's what I'm saying. It'd be a more welcoming product. Right. So I would change I would my answer. I would like to be the face of Pizza Hut. Yeah, I, that's why I thought you were going to go. Really? You I thought, thought you were going to go there, yeah. but you didn't. Yep. Anyway, spin the track, Bender. Oh, you've been spinning it. I didn't even realize it. Oh, okay. Now it's spinning. The NBA playoffs marching toward the conference finals in the East and in the West. Steph Curry and the Warriors close to their first berth in the Western Conference Finals since 1976. I would like you both to team up and construct an offense for the NFL of NBA players. Oh. Oh. That's not a bad one. God, you're you're beautiful. You really come up with good questions. Um, I'm going to put you putting LeBron at tight end or wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going to put him at tight end. Okay, so LeBron did, did you see the video a couple weeks ago where he stood on the he other can side throw of the it. court yeah. and he one hand He's got like, a natural throwing motion. And threw it into the hoop on he the other really side does. of the court. He really does. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. There's got to be some NBA there's got to be some NBA players that had NFL like I don't know. There's a it's hard NBA. You know, the problem with basketball is those ki- those guys, those kids, they play it from the time they're nine and they play basketball all year round. They AAU everything else. Uh, but yes, no. There's certainly some point guard. I mean Russell Russell Westbrook's my starting receiver. He's mm. numbers. He's Z. He's Des he's Bryant. Z. He's Julio Jones. Yes. I'm motioning him anytime he gets one on one. Hey, go deep, Russell. We're throwing it deep. Uh, so he's certainly you know my what? You're number right, one I, target. I might put LeBron at quarterback because I am. I'm the, I guess my offensive tackles would be Marcus Ole and Zach Randolph. I just feel like they have the size and, and the foot speed. <laughs> Kendrick to drop Perkins back. on there as well. Kendrick Perkins would be my center, just like a a Kevin Mawai type of really. Who's going to be forward. the running back? Who's like a thicker, more stockier built? I really like Marcus Smart. Oh, you're Ooh. exactly. He's got a, a football body. You're exactly Total right. Football he's a good body. one. Yes. Uh, if not him, uh, I don't know why I thought of Brandon Roy. I don't know. I think I might have to go like Chris Part. I mean, Chris Paul at quarterback or somebody like that. Well, Kevin Love yeah. outletting. Oh, balls. that's another one. But I haven't seen him really do it one arm. No, it's always two arms. Yeah, he Kevin Love will be the Andy Dalton. He's just he's not going to. I'm so disappointed he's out because I really think the Cavs would have won the NBA Finals if he's there. Not yeah, I guess Spurs you would kind of go. You would go point guard for quarterback because they have the vision and stuff. So maybe like a Kyrie or right. What? Are, Man, let me I, ask you guys this before we go dive down another wormhole here. What do you? What do you like watching better? West Coast, West West basketball or East basketball? I mean, the West is more fun. Really, to you? more competitive. Uh, I'm no, enjoying. I know, but I'm enjoying this. I like Cavaliers. watching Eastern Conference playoff basketball more than I enjoy Western Conference basketball. And I understand Western Conference is more f- wide open, shooting threes, but I kind of like watching like the defensive struggles of the Eastern Conference I am and enjoying, the physical play. I am enjoying Cleveland, Chicago more than I'm enjoying Golden State and Memphis. Yes, I agree. I enjoy watching Golden State play no yes. matter who it is. But Cleveland, um, Chicago, to me, has a desperation of offense where neither of them are really full of develop because they're missing guys. Right. And, I, and, I, and I think that's the reason why it keeps coming down to the last shot. Right. 
Because in in Golden State, it's whoever has the ball for last wins. Yeah. In Cleveland, Chicago, it's like whoever is figures out how to score at the end of the game wins. Right. It's just it, you also grew up around the. Yeah, East there's Coast. no doubt. It's the style of football, uh, basketball I'm used to. But I could watch Golden State play forever. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah, well, Steph Curry is as good as good as it gets right now. I played Steph Curry at a at coach. I got he's not on the football. Field. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, he came in here last fall, right? Oh, he's the best. We didn't quite get to eleven guys, but I feel like we got the feel for what yeah, their offense would be. Did you have any that we missed? No, I thought I, you guys hit all the. I thought you'd find a way to utilize Derrick Rose and his speed, but oh, he's such yeah. an injury concern. You don't want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like Todd Why Gurley. Why did you lean so far into me right there? <laughs> like, what are you reaching for there, Nelly? <laughs> the nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, fellas, uh, 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 this weekend, the 140th running of the, the Preakness Stakes. Come on, American Pharaoh! American Pharaoh. Yes, I want to Gunning see for the second leg of... The Triple Crown. The Triple Crown. What would your... Second leg. Horse <laughs> racing name B. If you were a horse and you were racing, what would your name be? I look Ooh. at Tim's. I, I, I had to I had to walk I, a I line wanna, with this one. I, I want to start changing these games. I think it's better if I come up with a name for him and he comes up with a name for me. Because I can oh, come I, that I, is that is what I have written here if you were to give each other horse names. Right, well your name is Big Mouth <laughs> at at slot number nine. It's coming down the stretch, it's Big Mouth. Big Mouth will lead changing pace down the corner and coming around the turn. It's Big Mouth wins the pregnant stakes. Yes. I was thinking for you, I don't know why, white flapjack. <laughs> <laughs> white flapjack, I love it. I like. Obviously, you're going to be white something. <laughs> right. Like you are a complete white horse, white tail. Yeah, a white flapjack. <laughs> what, what is the flapjack? Part? No idea. Okay, you like, you like pancakes? I do. He likes yeah. pancakes. Yeah. I like French toast better, but yeah. What would Nelson's be? Yeah, backed up something along those lines. <laughs> Look what you did. Look what you did. Uh, let's, let's call it one for producer Fendrick. Oh, Mother Hen. It's already Mother, oh, Hen. Mother Hen. Come on. Yeah. I mean, or, he literally, no, as no. a horse, would sit on his eggs before he got in the slot, and then he'd start the race. Fendrick, and he'd be like, wait, wait, wait. Did we really start? Oh, I don't know. Uh, is, oh, it really did start. Okay, let me Fendrick's run. Fendrick's horse's name would be Productivity. <laughs> oh. Coming down the stretch, it's Productivity. That's great. That's really good. That's yeah. good. I like this. No, that's no, you yours. You know what yours would be? Mm. Yours would be... Uh, Silky smooth. Oh. Yeah. Like or, or smooth and low. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go Butter Lane. Butter Lane. It's the name of a bakery in the East Village, so I can't act like I totally came up with that myself, but I think Butter Lane. Smooth. And butter as you're lane. announcing the race, it's got to be like Butter Lane coming into the home stretch. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to yell, and they're going to bring it back for that one time. Yeah, coming yeah. out of the home stretch, it's Butter Lane. Butter Lane. Oh, <laughs> get out of here. That's ridiculous. Thanks, Josh. Nelson, you're the best. Love you guys. Um, Thanks, Nelson. All right, so we got Miller looking ahead. We we you broke down uh, uh blah, blah 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 Deflate Gate, Deflate Gate, Deflategate, and Matt um, Sims. You know what? I want to try something. Next time there's a scandal, yeah, and everyone begins to call it something Gate. Let's challenge ourselves to come up with a different name. Yeah. So it might take us a half an hour, forty five minutes. We should do it right here on the podcast, right? And we will come up with a different name because I hate the fact that it's. Part of the American lexicon, Deflate Gate. Now it will always be known as this. It's unbelievable. So let's Watergate Hotel. Are we getting free advertisement? Is that still functioning? I don't even think so, but I don't know that. I just throw it out there. And I think when we do come up with the new name for the scandal, we should challenge our podcast listeners and also the company we work for to get it going. Let's get it out there. Bleacher Report is going to call the next scandal something different than the rest of the country. We we shout it. We're going to get it. Yeah. 
It's going to be ours. Do we have questions that we need to answer? Anybody? Oh, Sims, you want to go to the to the Twitter? I would like to know a few because you're probably going to cut like my three best moments of this podcast out. Probably, so let's probably. let's add something all right. in. All right, let's let's go down the list here. Uh, all right. Tweeter. Well, actually, the the best moment of the week on Twitter for the Sims and Lefko podcast, hands down, was Bajan and Seahawk Scout becoming friends. Uh, so <laughs> last week, uh, where's the tweet? We're uniting people. Yeah. So Seahawk Scout tweets at 007 Sports. I feel like we should follow each other since we're at Sims and Lefko All Stars. I'm listening to the new episode <laughs> right now. And then Bajant responded. Uh, Bajant responded to Seahawk Scout. Haha, absolutely. Trying to keep the streak alive. Fan call in segment, anyone? I, I think we need to do it with those two. Just do a conference call. We need to have one, the one four of these of weeks, we need to get I them think, on as a guest. I think the best thing that we could do that's the smartest version is they record something. They get like 30 seconds to say whatever they want, and they can send it to us, and then we play it, and then we react to it. I like I'm that. Because otherwise, the call gets it's all over I'm the place. In. And right. I, will, I will vet it before, but you guys will not listen to it. So. Yes. They remind me, I feel like Bajent and Seahawks Scout right now are like, uh, uh, like stepbrothers. And it's like, we have so much room for activities. <laughs> this is I just want to give a shout-out to Kevin Sprague because he's a baller. Uh, oh, that's right. We yeah. also had uh, Erica L. Mill tweet in, how many wings Ooh. can you guys eat? Do I hear contest? Hold on. Is this? It might be. I'm Listen, I'm impartial here. I'm just reading the tweets. Is but, this uh, Erica? A, a wing contest. Yeah, she's tweeting into the podcast now. Is, is that his scary? girlfriend? Yeah, I got I got nothing left that is sacred. She's tweeting into the podcast. Oh my god, she's tweeting into the podcast. And I love how he just tried to say it like Eric. Eric like I was going to see. Her a nice I was going to see. I was going to see if you guys uh, even noticed what was going yeah. on. Dude, do you realize that Fendrick's like his girlfriend and her whole family listens? And I it's, every it's time terrifying. I every time I say something, I'm like, oh man, her whole family's going to hear this. I'm right. I'm scared too because like I know the way Fendrick is, and Fendrick's a very stand up guy. So I figure the rest of his family is extreme. Stand up. Uh, and, yes. Yes. And, and of course, I'm bringing down your level of respectability daily. So anyway, wing eating contest. How um, many wings could I could I actually eat if I really tried to push myself? Yeah. I could probably do. I think if I hit like 25, I'd be done. Like 25 uh, would be that's a, a lot. That's pitiful. I am not a, a connoisseur like you. I could sit down. I think I could take down 50 in a sitting. In a, in a sitting? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're just talking like hanging out for an hour. Like, like if we're just sitting here. I, yeah, how many do you think you could eat in an hour? I'm really, pretty confident I could go over 50 in an hour, no question. I, I, I'm so scared to say a name because I don't want to hear you guys actually want me to do this. So, uh, But, yeah, I, I would like to think if you gave me a lot of drumsticks that were cooked the way I want, I would, I'm with you. I think I could get in that 50 range, what too. What are you afraid of saying? I don't want to say any number because you guys are be like, well, let's have a wing eating contest. Just next like week we do with the, the bagel. Podcast. Right. I want to give a shout out also to Puckets in Nashville. We mentioned Puckets in a Tennessee Titans video, and they're sending us a gift certificate. Don't know how I'm going to use that because there's no Puckets around here. That's but. great. Well, one of us will go down there eventually, and we'll yeah. double up. That'll be great. Yeah, it's good. All right, I've reached my fill. Since yeah, that, was, go that was all the tweets. Uh, let me get the music back up, though. Hold on. Yeah, I'm great. glad your girlfriend's tweeting in, though. She's checking on her mother hen. She wants to make sure he's being a good boy. Josh is like the nicest person ever. Ever. And she's she's going to, yeah. She's gonna Erica Erica's a lucky girl. And you know what? I've met Erica. Josh is a lucky guy. Okay. That's the kind of romance you'll find only here on the Sims and Lefko podcast. You know, I've always learned that be kind to people. You'll see it back in spades. We'll ask you right now to look at the person next to you. Look at the person on the other side of you. Give them a hug. Give them a kiss. Give them a handshake. And just tell them. Sims and Lefko and Josh and Nelson, we love you. We want nothing but the best. Next week, it's going to get crazy. You have no idea what's about to happen on the podcast. Johnny Damon? 
Johnny Damon might be on the line. Can you handle that? Send the Lefko out. We are done. Peace out.